0: Hey everybody, Uh, we're in the car, I'm just going to pick up my groceries, and uh, wanted to get in a quick, quick episode, a quickie, a nooner, as we call it, Um, I I pick up my groceries now, this is, I've become pick up groceries guy, it's like, this is a thing that I discovered during pandemic shutdown um, because, you know, you could always go to the grocery store. But before pandemic, going to the grocery store was one of my least favorite activities, right? It's just I know some people are like, no, I like to go in there and look around and whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'm not criticizing, by the way, when I talk about grocery store pickup, I don't give one fuck. If you pick up your groceries or actually go in to the store and get them, um, that's fine. If this is if you know, if that's your beloved thing and you're like, I find new snacks. I'm like, I get it. Because it is sometimes it is hard, right? Because you have to kind of pick what you want from a, from the online thing. So you kind of have to search for what you want and then select things and so on. So it is a little harder to be like, oh, yeah, I should make this, you know, or I should make that. But, you know, I'm kind of a, a food monster in the way of like, I'll just make something and then eat the same thing for weeks. Yeah, Okay, if there were two things that I, if one aspect of my life that I could cut out, you know, like if I was super rich and uh, just was like, you know, which which parts of your life are you going to use your money to not have to do anymore? It would be grocery shopping and cooking. Because it's like, you know, cooking is just not enjoyable for me. I just, I don't have fun. It's a task. It's like a, it's just a thing that you have to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, I don't know. Sometimes you take a shit. And it's like a giant shit and you feel very satisfied after you take the shit because you're just like, I feel 20 pounds lighter and whatever. And sometimes you take a shit and it's just like, eh, it was fine. You know what I mean? It, it was it's fine. I expelled waste from my body. I wiped my ass. I went back to work. <laughs> and that's the beginning and the end of it. Right. And I think that's how I feel about cooking most times, even when the food is pretty good. I'm just like, eh, you know, it's fine. It's I can eat it. Uh, it will power my dumb body through my dumb life. You know, maybe that's part of it is just, you know, being a person who, uh you know, leans into depression here and there. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, eating food that's good is fine, but it it, it just kind of feels pointless anyway. <laughs> it feels pointless. Everything's pointless. But yeah, if I was like a super rich guy, that would be probably the first thing. It used to be laundry. That used to be my thing that I was like, you know, if I could cut out a task from my life, it would be laundry. I think though that what changed that for me is um, where we live now is the first place where we have like our own laundry setup. We have our own machines. Uh, they don't require quarters. And, you know, we did live in one house where we had a shared laundry room with our downstairs neighbors, which is actually worse. Because when you just have one laundry set up and you have one set of neighbors downstairs and then this motherfucker leaves his stuff in the washer for like 36 hours, you're like, bro, come on, man. Like, we need... What the fuck? Also, the laundry room was like filthy and disgusting, but it was it was it was weird. It was a very weird setup in a very weird house that is now for sale for a price that I would call not totally unreasonable, but uh, mm, vaguely unreasonable. <laughs> so anyway, it used to be laundry was like the thing that I was like I would just fucking take my shit and drop it off somewhere, and someone would wash it, and I'd be done with it. And, you know, part of that, too, is based on like, I'm not like a clothes horse. So, you know, if I if I lost a shirt or something, it would not be a problem for me. I probably wouldn't notice for quite some time. And uh, even if I did notice, you know, it would just be like, well, I think that's the cost of doing business this way. Right. It's like once in a while you're going to lose a shirt. So maybe if, if I had some kind of precious garment that wasn't going to be, you know, I couldn't stand to lose, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, I, I think that that's my belief about clothing, right? If you have a precious garment that you can't afford to lose, you can't really afford to wear it either. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, that's like, what are you going to do? Your wedding dress you're going to fucking take in with your pile of laundry? Do you wear your wedding dress like once a week? Probably not, Right. Unless you got married in a very uh, sane dress that could be used as a you know regular wear, in which case I'm like, well, it, that was kind of the point of using that for your wedding dress, right? Was like, <laughs> I can actually use this. So I don't. Anyway, um, but it has definitely shifted now because I'm like, you know, when you have the laundry facilities in your house and you don't have to go to the bank and get quarters and all that shit, it's like, you know, doing your laundry isn't so bad at that juncture. So now it's it's cooking and grocery shopping. So I I do the, the pickup, cause I, I basically, it was like, oh, this is, you know, it's free as long as you have over X amount of groceries. And I think the X amount is like 20 to $25, which I'm like, that's a pretty reasonable, I don't think I'm ever getting out of the grocery store without spending $20. And if I was, for some reason, um, I could just add something on. And you know, the, I will make an occasional run into the grocery store if I'm like, shit, I just need like two or three things. I'll just go in, right? This is my like regular bi-weekly way of grocery shopping. It is kind of nice, too, because, you you know, I didn't really have like a schedule for grocery shopping before. So I ended up going at least once a week, probably a little more. And now I go once every two weeks and then do massive meal prep day. And that just works better for me because I, I like to concentrate the horribility of life into uh, one, you know, very uh, horrible, dense period as opposed to spreading it out over multiple periods. I don't know why I get, I, you know, it's personal choice. Once again, like picking up groceries or not, it's just a personal choice where I'm like, I guess if I'm gonna experience things that I don't like, I'd rather do them all at once. You know, if I have to like do a bunch of social things with people uh, on a weekend, I would rather do that on one weekend and just kind of like call that whole weekend a loss. As opposed to uh, spreading it out over three different weekends. So I think one of the things, one of the weird things about grocery pickup is the tipping situation because you don't you don't tip them. They don't like ask for a tip. There's nowhere to put one in, and um, I kind of get it because it's like well. You know, they're basically walking the groceries 10 feet and putting them in your trunk. And it's not like... it. The thing is, like, it's not like it's an incredibly different job from the many jobs that people do inside the grocery store. But I think it also feels like... Probably because for me, this feels like something that's like a luxury, right? Like, I don't need to do... I could go in and get my own groceries. I could, like, do this stuff. But, uh... I just, I hate it so much. I You know, maybe the thing is, like, if a tip was involved, that would absolutely not deter me from uh, doing pickup, right? If it was, like, a 20% tip, I might be like, I don't know, that seems a little high. But if it was, like, five bucks or something, I'd be like, eh. Or if there was a, like, pickup fee and it was $10 or something, I would be like, you know. Uh, and the fee was going to the person who was running the groceries out, I'd be like, all right, that seems fair. So, in, and I thought about it because I was like, you know, I guess I could just like put a fiver in the trunk and just be like, hey, listen, there's five bucks back there. If you, if you can and want to take it, you can. If you just want to leave it, that's fine too, you know? And I feel like I'm in a weird paranoid state where I'm like, ugh, would people be like, oh, this is a trick. You know, like are they forbidden from taking tips or are they like just, you know, it, is King Super's like you shouldn't take a tip if someone offers you one, you should turn it down. Or you know, is it a little more vague like, hey, you know, uh I don't know, we just we just don't mention it. Like if you take some person's groceries out to their car from the inside, and they want to give you a couple bucks. whatever. You know, that's their choice. You can't ask for it, but whatever. Or, you know, it could even be more codified, for all I know. It could be like, well, so here's what you have to do. You have to um, turn down the first option for a tip, and then if they insist, then you can take it. Because at that point, it's like, well, they want to give you a tip, and turning it down is you know, makes them feel weird or something. I don't fucking know, but there's really no, no, whatever. And I did try and like, I'm not, I'm not, I am a tip guy. Like I, I tip for most things and without complaint, you know what I mean? Like if I go into a coffee shop, I will tip a a dollar just for black coffee. You know what I mean? Cause I, I guess I just feel like I've got it. So, you know, pass it on. Like, uh, This extra dollar isn't going to kill me. And also, it's not. I'm not going out for a coffee a ton. So on the occasion that I do, it's like this is a reasonable... I feel like it's a reasonable way to spend a dollar. And the dollar means a lot less to me than it does to somebody else. There was a... I remember this episode of... Um, I think it was Top Gear show. And one of the presenters, you know, is kind of a boorish ape, right? From the UK, but when they were, I think it was they were in Vietnam and they were, you know, a marketplace or something. And uh, the guy said like, oh, this much. And the guy, the presenter just paid, you know, and he was like, I hate when people come from the UK and like negotiate with people because he's like, it doesn't mean anything to you. You know, he's like an extra two dollars means nothing to you. And it means a lot to the person who's selling the thing. Just pay the amount. And, you know, like the thing you're buying is so much inc- it's so incredibly cheap compared to what you would pay at home that it's like, yeah, it's fine. You're here. You're on vacation. Just buy the thing. You don't have to negotiate, uh, you know, and try and get a quote unquote fair price because it's like it is a fair price for you. You know, it, it it's almost like a weird um, utopic world where it's like, OK, well, for you, it costs this much. And for you, it costs this much because you've got you've got the money, you know, and so you can. I don't know. I, look, I'm not an economics professor, so let's just drop that shit. I don't I don't know how that would work. Um, but yeah, so I'm not I'm not like opposed to tipping anybody, but I'm also just not sure if that's something I should do. Like, OK, when I swirl too far in my mind, I'm like, what if. You know the people working at the the pickup are like, "Uh, we found out that you took a tip from this person, and you're fired." You know what I mean? Or like you're gonna get written up for taking a tip or something. And I would not want that to happen. I don't think that would happen, though. I don't, I don't fucking know. And you know, the other question is, you're like, "Well, what do you tip? What do you tip somebody for putting groceries in your trunk?" So I'm like, I mean, it's it feels too cheap to give them. Okay, if you give them $1 or $2, I feel like that ends up being like, well, this isn't worth it, right? Because, like, even if there's a very minor risk in taking a tip, like, even if you just get told off by your boss or something, I'm like, is that worth $2? Maybe, maybe not. I guess it depends how horrible your salary is. Um, so, I don't know. I mean... I think one of the good things I've discovered about the pickup is, you know, they don't have like uh, the old grandma, the elderly grandma type working at the pickup like ever. It always seems to be kind of like teenagers and young adults. So you don't feel like shitty about it. I remember I saw in town this lady that I knew who always had the grocery store people take out her groceries, even though she was, you know, not. She was young ish and very able bodied and whatever, but always had. And I just I was, happened to be walking through the store's parking lot one time and I saw her having the grocery store person load the groceries. And it was a woman who was at least 20 years her senior. And I was like, oh, man, if I was like, yeah, I'll take help out with this. And then it was like grandma shows up. You're like, oh, God, do I just be like, you know, what? never mind. But then is that insulting to grandma? Because she's like, fuck you, I can do this. But I just, I can't, I don't know, it would not have the same vibe if I was watching, like, an elderly lady load groceries into my car as an able-bodied man. Now, I will say, like, I did kind of start doing this when I tore my hamstring real bad. So doing things like bending over was really tough. Like getting groceries from anywhere towards the bottom was extremely difficult um, and painful. And so uh, I, w- I went with pickup instead as an alternative. And that's kind of what got me started down the dark path. But uh, once I had done it, I was like, fuck this. But yeah, tipping tipping is always weird. You know, even- I'm I'm a pro tipping guy. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, things that should People who should receive a tip for something should receive a tip for something, right? I think the only one that I've always been unsure about, like on a a very deep level, is tattoos. I think it's weird that you tip a tattoo artist in some ways. Okay, I think one level of the weirdness is like, well, okay, if this is the guy who owns the tattoo shop, right? If this is an artist who works at a shop, which basically the owner is, you know, not even a tattoo artist. Really? I mean, they probably are because who fucking owns a tattoo shop that's not a tattoo artist? But maybe the owner doesn't actually do tattooing anymore. And it's just like, I run the business now. That person, I'm like, okay, I kind of understand why you tip that person. Because I don't know, you know, what percent of what they're doing is, do they get? What percent do, does the shop keep, you know, what? What is their net gain once materials go? Does the shop pay for the tattooing materials? Or does the artist pay for the materials? How does this all work? And, you know, I guess I understand the idea of doing a tip for that. But if it's like a guy who owns his own shop and then he's doing the tattoo, I'm sort of like, shouldn't you just charge me what you would like? I mean, if you're an in-demand tattoo artist... I would think you could just sort of be like, well, here's what I charge. And I don't really expect a tip on that because it's kind of a lot. I I think that's the thing with a tattoo is it's kind of expensive, you know, and it's like, well, and I, I understand the argument of like it's art that goes on your body or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't tip somebody whose art I put on the wall. You know, (laughs) I pay them. They, they, charge me what they think is the appropriate amount and that's what I pay. And it's like, yeah, that's the thing about being an artist, right? You can charge. Look, I'm going to be generous and call myself an artist for a second. I would not expect someone to tip me or for anyone to incorporate a tip system into buying one of my books. You know what I mean? Or like they read it and then get they love it. And so I'm like, you know, you could give me a little tip if you loved it. I would think that was silly because I'd be like, well, I mean, if I think it's worth more than what I'm getting, I would just be like, what would I think was a a nice tip? What would I want out of a tip? And I would just make that the price, the total price, right? Like (laughs) it's kind of, you know, I mean, on one hand, I guess I could see, and it, it would be nice if like Kindle, for example, and it's like, okay, like if you have a Kindle Unlimited membership and you read this book, at the end if you really liked it it's like hey you can send the author a dollar i mean that'd be nice but also i i certainly wouldn't expect it i certainly wouldn't be like this person's kind of uncouth cuz they didn't pay me an extra dollar <laughs> for my ebook i would if someone was like can i tip you a dollar i'd be like i actually don't have a mechanism by which you could do that how about you just buy another copy? Buy a copy for someone else or something. You know, that would that would probably compensate me better anyway. Um so that's that's the the grocery store pickup thing. I'm like, and the other thing is often I don't have like what I would consider the correct amount of cash. Like I don't usually have a fiver on me. Oftentimes I'll have a single or a twenty or something, but not five. So it's like, I think, because I think that's probably the correct amount. Um, But I don't know. It seems weird, too, because sometimes I feel like tipping, people do it out of just general generosity. And sometimes, like with tattoos in particular, I think people do it because, you know, they want to use the same tattoo artist again. And so they're like, well, I want that person to, to, I guess, know that I'm, appreciating their work and do a good job next time or something. I'm not totally sure how that all works. But I think what's, you know, the weirdest thing about tattoo artists and tipping and getting tattoos in general is like, everybody I talk to has a person that they really like. You know, they're like, oh, I like this person. And it's the person who's done their previous tattoos. And I'm like, I don't know how many people, how much the average person shops around. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think if you get a tattoo and it's pretty good to really good, you probably just stick with that person, right? You just continue to get tattoos from that same person because you're like, I mean, they certainly didn't fuck it up. And it's like, well, I could take the risk and go to someone else who might be a total fuck up, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a strange, the tattoo world is strange that way. But, you know, you can't think of tipping, I guess, as like a... uh it would drive an accounting uh, oriented person insane, you know, cause it's like, well, what do you tip on a drink at a bar? And it's like, I don't know, a dollar per drink, as long as it's not something super fancy. But then you go to a concert and it's like, I'm tipping a dollar on a $9 Bud Light. And all they did was open it. You know what I mean? It's like they unscrewed the cap or like flipped the top off the bottle But that's kind of a situation where you're sort of tipping by hostage. You know what I mean? Because you're like, well, if I come up to the bar again, I want this person to remember that I tipped. And maybe it'll be a little easier for me to get a drink here. Um, So it does feel a little like a hostage thing. And maybe that's how I feel about tattoos as well, is I'm like, I mean, I think... In my mind, I do have, like, the minor fear. If I if I was getting frequent tattoos and I didn't necessarily want to tip or tip generously, um, I might be like, you know, I think I still should. Because what if I come next time and this guy remembers that I was a cheap ass and is like, you know, I'm not going to fuck this guy's tattoo up. But I'm not going to, like, kill myself trying to make this awesome. Right? I'm not going to, like, go go wild on this. I'm just gonna just gonna do a workmanlike job and you're like, "Yeah, that's not really what I'm looking for out of a tattoo." It's complicated, man. This tattoo shit is complicated. I feel like that's part of why I've never gotten another one. I mean, I've never been that person where it's like I don't know, so many people are like, "Ooh, they're addictive. You get one, then you want another one and another one." And I was like, I don't know it was fine like it wasn't a horrible experience and I, I the guy who did mine did a good job but like fuck it like it, it wasn't something that i was like this is who i am i'm tattoo man i'm the illustrated man i need these tattoo. you know like i don't know there's just something about maybe it's because i have these like other avenues of self-expression Right. It's like uh, you could get a tattoo or do a podcast or like write a book or something. And it's like, well, I've chosen a path. It's, uh, you know, and it's no more satisfying for sure. I'm not like I recommend doing this instead. I just maybe that's what scratches the itch for me. (laughs) Just makes me feel like, eh, fuck it. Like, I don't need it. Because it's not it's not like the typical things that prevent me. I mean. I do think they're expensive and like it it does make me, you know, if I'm thinking about getting a tattoo and it's like, well, or I could get like a Nintendo switch, I'd be like, fuck that Nintendo switch, you know? And I I know there's a segment of the population that's like, that's such a like silly way to spend money. And a tattoo is like such a artistic expression way to spend money. But I'm like, "Eh. yeah, but I mean, Zelda. You know, Mario Odyssey, come on. (laughs) In a way, I'm like, you know, I think my my entire life is sort of a Salvador Dali-esque experience where it's like, well, I think for me being on brand would be doing a silly frivolous thing as opposed to a, you know, artistic smart thing. So uh, it would not make sense for me to make a, a smart choice if we're arguing that that's the smart choice. Um, that's not the right choice for me, but you know, and I'm also not the person who's like, uh, Oh, those tattoos are going to look so bad when you're old. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, but you know, that's just based on the premise that like my entire body is going to look horrible when I'm old, which is probably true. Like I'm not somebody who thinks like, I'm going to look fucking amazing. There's like that one poster of that one ripped old guy that you're like, damn, That guy looks better at age 68 than I've ever looked in my life. Um, I'm not under the illusion that that's what I'm going to look like. So I think that's a weird argument for me because I'm like, well, I mean, either hey, if I look hot, then my tattoos will look great. And if I look like I'm probably going to look, they'll look, you know, that, you know, they'll age with my body. So they'll look exactly as shitty as my body looks. So that seems fine. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Wouldn't it look weird if it was like, I don't There's this grandpa who's got this fucking tattoo and it's like, well, he's he his body is a pile of shit. Like, let's let's be honest here. But uh, in terms of talking about painting a burning house, his tattoo is actually pretty effective. I've never really thought about painting a burning house as being an effective way to present the house but uh in his case it's kind of working. I got I got to admit it, it kind of works for him. So you know that has also not been an effective argument. I mean the the money part is at least mildly effective too because whenever i see someone who's concerned about money on on any level but you know they have like a full sleeve of tattoos i'm like i mean that had to cost something pretty significant, right? Like, I don't know. When they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can't afford to go on vacation this year. And I'm like, hmm, wonder why. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know, somebody like that. It, the common one for me is like, I have a full sleeve of tattoos and also I'm still paying off my student loan. And I'm like, maybe you should get a weight on the tattoo and, you know, get the date you paid your student loan off. That's your date of freedom. But, you know, that's, that's an old man complaining about young people things. So, I don't know. I kind of think no tattoos is the new tattoos. But the next best thing is one tattoo, I think. If you have one tattoo, you're still kind of in that outlier category of someone who's like, I did it once and that was good for me. That's probably the thing, too, is there are a lot of things in life that I'm like, you know, I did it once. That was enough. I uh, did sex once and was like, yeah, okay, I got it. <laughs> Never again. I mean, who knows, too? Maybe maybe I just still need to go through my midlife crisis. And once, once that really kicks in, who knows? Maybe then tattoos will be the thing. I'll be like, I'm going to buy my own Amazon tattoo gun and just fucking go ham on this shit. So the other thing to talk about today was... Uh, I have the, the Trials of Snowman Killes. So uh, medium-time listeners of the show will remember. So we did an episode 500. Well, we did a 499. And then 500 was a very long show recorded on the road to uh, the Genoa Wonder Tower in Colorado, where I smashed a crockpot by throwing it off the tower. You can see the video of this event on my YouTube channel. Uh, I, I have no idea. I assume it's like YouTube.com slash Helpful Snowman or something, but who fucking knows? And who cares? Uh, this is a thing that happened, and I recorded episode 500 on the road, on the way there, and on the way back, so it ends up being like five hours or something. It's pretty long. Um, but it wouldn't be released until, uh, the trials of Snowman Achilles were complete. So there were uh, there was a set of 12 tasks, like what Hercules had, to complete in order f- to unlock this uh, epic 500th episode. And, uh, you know, I was deciding what to do as far as... Uh, do I just go to 501, 502? And I decided to just start counting down. Um, so, you know, we're in like the 480s at this point, I think. And uh, I was like, I'll just keep counting down until... Uh, you know, the trials are done. Then we'll have 500. Then I was like, should I count back up? Or should I just start then at 501? Or like, should I start, you know, if let's say we did 20 episodes, should I start at 521? You know, what? what's the plan? And my decision uh, was, you know what, fuck it. Like, let's, let's cross that bridge when we get there. That's a problem for future Pete, um, not present Pete. But also, I was like, "This isn't really a problem, right? This is just a thing that we have to decide. It's a decision, not a problem." But anyway, uh, some of the trials have been completed, and some have not, and uh, therefore, Snowman or Episode Five Hundred is unreleased. And uh, I I do plan to stick with this this release plan, this non release plan, because you know, I was like, if there was a reason to. N- not do it this way or to like go back on what I said I feel like it would have been revealed by now right it would have been something that by now I was like oh god okay this this very obvious thing that would be obvious to a smart person just occurred to me so here we are so I did feel like I should do an update on where we're at with those because uh you know I I don't know maybe somebody wants to do some of them So the first one was someone needs to drink a Helpful Snowman Flight, which is a Malort, a Albertsons whiskey, a night train, and a uh, vegetable smoothie that kind of looks like sewage. Um, Those seem to be the drinks that have, uh, you know, consumed my life. I would also permit if, you know, there's four drinks there, and if you were like, let's split this among multiple people, Like, I'll do this one, you do this one, you do this one. That would be fine. As long as you did it synchronously. You know, this is the other thing. I I think I'm kind of loosening the standards. So, uh, you know, just in case, that makes it a little easier. I'm also not entirely certain that Albertson's whiskey still exists. So if that's the case, if it doesn't exist, you know, whatever the closest equivalent, um, we'll figure that out. You know, basically, though, what we're talking about is an extremely cheap whiskey that is not a brand, a brand name and not even an off-brand name, you know, not an Evan Williams, not a uh, Dickel, but uh, it has to be just, uh, just basically a brand that you're like, they probably made this one time and they may have just dyed some vodka brown and then been like, good enough. Um, Number two is a Charles Hinton book report, which we got from friend of the show, Wilma, who did a report, I believe, on get him off attorney at law, colon pimp law, (laughs) which is, I believe, the story where a guy is on trial for shooting a nun, but it turns out he was using a shotgun to shoot bats that were flying above her head. Um, It's fucking crazy and great. Uh, three, add some of my books to your Goodreads to read list. I believe that's also been done by friend of the show, Ian, if not some other folks. Four, read, review the Demolition Man novelization. That, to my knowledge, has not been done. Um, maybe has not been done by anyone ever. I should probably take a look at the Goodreads page for Demolition Man and be like, does it exist? Has this been read? Now, I do know that this novelization is available on Amazon for a very reasonable price. It isn't like one of those, like the RoboCop novelization for a period was like hundreds of dollars, which I was like, what is in there? You know, it's it's that kind of thing that piques your curiosity. But anyway, Demolition Man, read the novelization. And what I really want is a list of the differences between the movies, the movie and the book. So I guess if you haven't seen Demolition Man in a long time, you would have to probably watch it as well. But I can't imagine, I don't know what kind of human hasn't watched that lately because what are you even doing with your life? Why are you listening to this and not watching that? I mean, that is at least as good a way to spend a time as this. So uh, there you go. Um, number five is you have to get five thrift store or ten Number five is buying 10 thrift store mugs and putting them into the like mug cabinet at work um, as kind of a prank. So just buy a weird assortment and stick them in there. You can do this over time, by the way. You don't have to show up and do 10 in one day. You just have to put them in the cabinet at work. And, uh, you know, over like a couple months even would be fine. And it sort of gets to this is a, a thing I did at my old job. And I just started thrifting And, you know, it's like when you when you do thrifting as a hobby, you kind of have to like add sections of the thrift store. You have to find a reason to explore them. And for me, I was like, you know, it would be kind of funny just to buy like weird mugs and put them in, you know, like a rainforest cafe coffee mug or something that's personalized with the name of no one who works here and just put that in the cabinet. And part of this was prompted because we had this mug cabinet that was like way overly full. Right. And it was like, how how on earth did we end up with this many coffee mugs in this cabinet? You know what I mean? And it was I get all I could think was like, this must be the sort of collection of shit because everyone brought in a mug to work. But you bring a mug into work. You don't bring your favorite. You bring in the one that you're like, eh. you know, someone got me this as a gift or this was like a white elephant or this is like a souvenir I took. Uh, I got on a vacation with an ex-girlfriend. So I'm like, "Eh, that's going to be a work mug. Anyway, so do that. Uh, Six is um, buy and wear a Big Johnson t-shirt. We went through like the Big Johnson website and looked at all that and did all those sorts of things. I will extend this now uh, to Hooters merchandise as well. I, I have to tell you, so I have a friend who I know has done yoga in the past. I don't know if he still does. Um, And he's an interesting guy because he was like, I went to yoga one time and realized that I had my handgun in my gym bag because I took it to the shooting range. And I was like, I don't think there are probably that many people who have that specific problem of like, oh yeah, I got to remember to take my handgun out of my bag that I take to yoga. You know, that seems like a a pretty specific problem. But um, there was a Hooters yoga mat on their website, and I was sorely tempted to buy that for him. Partially because I was like, he might actually take it to yoga. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He's just the kind of person who might think that was funny and do it. So, you know, it, it, it had an appeal. Um, but anyway, so if you wanted to use a big Johnson t-shirt, big Johnson branded merchandise or Hooters branded merchandise in some capacity, um, I would, I would count that as a win. You know, the thing about helpful snowman is it is an ever expanding world, right? Our, our universe of stories is always expanding. Uh, you need to list, uh, number seven is list a, uh, a che- uh, snowman shaped Cheeto on eBay for sale. eBay has like listings of Cheetos that look like stuff, which are range wildly in like, egg. actually does kind of look like that to like, I don't know. this person's awfully creative. I'll give them that. They have an artist's eye of some kind. Um, and the idea is you list a Cheeto that looks like a snowman and you're like, just like helpful snowman or something. And it's basically a sneaky advertisement that no one will see. And whether or not you sell it, whether or not you make money, that's all that's all irrelevant. You know, I don't care. It's just you got to make the listing and whatever happens from there happens from there. Um, number eight is create and submit a game to play on the show. So, you know, that's pretty straightforward. I think I've got one, though. So I guess if nobody brings one in the next little while, eventually I'll have one. And so then that'll take that off the list. Uh, Number nine is make and place a personalized urinal screen advertising the show. A urinal screen is basically this little thing. It goes in the bottom of a urinal and it's so people don't flush cigarettes or whatever, which I guess is probably not as common these days, but whatever. Um, So make one of those for this show, advertising the show and put it somewhere. Number 10 is uh, accept a pack of Peter Dirk book club, penis shaped stickers, which uh, has been done. Number 11 is new theme song, which has also been done. Both of the last two by a friend of the show, Julia. And number 12 is accept a helpful snowman 500th episode commemorative belt buckle. This is the one that's been like the hardest to do because I think I got 25 and that's how many I need to give away. And it's been the hardest to do, which is sort of surprising because all you have to do is tell me you want one and I'll just send it to you. Um, So, you know, you need to communicate how I get that to you in whatever way. Um, But basically just express interest in one and I'll give you one. Now, uh, the caveat on that that will remain is like. You can't say, send me five, I'll give one to my friends or some shit. You, as the person who's asking for it, are the only person. You can ask for one for you, and that's it. You know, no uh, no taking out a mass quantity of some kind, no trying to push them yourself. This is the, on- the one and only way that these can be distributed. And this will probably be the one, the longest holdout because i can't really do this myself, right? I can't really I mean, I guess I could. I could just start sending them to people and interpreting uh wildly interpret interpreting things people say as, you know, I would like a belt buckle from this podcast I've never heard from. But yeah, it'd be the most difficult for me to fuck around and find out, you know, what what this is all about. So if you're listening to this and you haven't requested a belt buckle yet, you should. They're nice. They're like real metal, like rodeo style belt buckle um, stamped with, you know, it's got the Wonder Tower and the Smashing Crockpot and it says Helpful Snowman 500. I'm quite proud of them. This is like the, the silliest merch I've made. Uh, the most, you know, nonsensical in terms of matching the aesthetic of the show and the aesthetic of the world. And the thing, it makes no sense that a, a podcast would make a belt buckle for its 500th episode. Um, unless you're like, I don't know, the a rodeo related podcast. But uh, we which we are not. We've gone to the demolition derby. <laughs> we didn't podcast from there. It's just that's a thing I went to and I do a podcast. So that that's about as close as it gets. That's the relationship. So there you go. That's that's the twelve trials of Snowman and it looks like we still need one, uh, two, three, four, five, and six, seven, eight. Eight of twelve remain unfinished, uh, and one of those eight is in progress but unfinished. So, not looking good at this rate. It'll take about forty years for this episode five hundred to drop. Now, if you think that I'm going to just get tired of it and just drop it because, uh, you know, I want to, oh boy, are you mistaken. Oh boy. Because for all you know as well, episode 500 is kind of a pile of shit. And if episode 500 is kind of a pile of shit, then I have really no incentive to put it out, right? It it doesn't really help me at all to put it out. So, uh, you know, it, it, it Putting out a very underwhelming 500th episode, whatever. Now, for all you know, it's amazing. And the reason I don't want to put it out is because I'm like, you got to earn this. I put a lot of shit into this. You got to fucking work for it to make it worth it. You got to prove your worth. Could be any one of those scenarios. Could just be something I decided to do because you know, when you when you have a podcast, you just do things in order to uh, continue doing a podcast and have things to do. You kind of manufacture things to do. So there you go. Stupid is a strategy. (laughs) We'll see you next time.